G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Dan Flynn is the State Director in Victoria for the Australian Christian Lobby and is joining me on the phone now. Hi Dan, how are you going? Very well, thank you Tracy. Let's talk about uh, Israel Folau. It's certainly a topic that has been very hot in recent weeks and for good reason. What's the latest? Tracy, there's been a Court of Appeal decision in England that basically says you know, posting uh, scriptures about homosexuality does not amount to discrimination. And there was a student who was expelled from university for doing just that. Uh, that very decision is so similar to the Israel Folau decision. And the Court of Appeal is a very influential court uh, for Australian courts. And the court found that the um, process adopted by the university the expulsion from university was very much out of sync with, just out of proportion. Uh, and um, I think that's going to be very concerning for Rugby Australia. Uh, so that that's out last week. That's going to be a problem for them. And it, it feeds into information just to hand from transcripts available from the original Rugby Australia hearing that um, uh, Rugby Australia had said if all Israel Palau had done was merely cut and paste uh, scripture verses, uh, then uh, that would be enough to um, you know trigger these uh, events that have seen him expelled from rugby. So um, definitely, I think a um, uh, a tie tourney against Rugby Australia. There, I think we already know that the um, much of the um, public opinion has uh, uh, turned in favour of Israel Folau and his right to um, declare his faith, uh, whether everyone accepts that or not. Really, not being the point. Uh, so um, this issue uh, is going to stay at the top of the agenda for a very long time, Tracy. And, of course, it comes as Prime Minister Scott Morrison is pushing for new religious freedom laws. Well, it does, and, and we remain open about what that might mean, but we also remain a little concerned. Um, if religion is merely placed in a sort of an anti-discrimination context as a protected attribute alongside sexual orientation... Uh, sexual expression, uh, you know, a raft of other um, age, sex, etc., then there's no um, clarification given as to what should happen when there's a clash of these um, attributes. So it's concerning that there may be um, um, some effort to um, create, I suppose, what might be a symbolic expression of religious freedom uh, but not really dealing with the main issues um, and really being of no help to somebody like Israel Folau. Dan, is there more going on here than actually meets the eye then? Because the Prime Minister says he intends to make it unlawful to discriminate against people based on their religious beliefs, and the opposition has come in fairly firmly behind him on that matter. Yeah, I think we need to look below the surface, Tracy. It all sounds good on the on the face of it, but you know, questions like, will religious entities be protected... Uh, will a company uh, that has a religious uh, ethos be protected um, or does it just relate to individuals? Um, 
if somebody is compelled against their conscience uh, to go to, um, you know, LGBTI training at work, for example, uh, to, or to express a pro-LGBTI view, um, you know, what assistance would they get? And I think that, that needs to be spelled out in the detail um, because otherwise uh, all of these people who really need religious freedom will be, um, you know, they'll, they'll be adrift and there'll be no direction. So uh, we are seeking briefings from uh, the coalition uh, and from the government uh, and uh, we look forward to those briefings taking place soon. We understand that members of parliament uh, were briefed on Friday and there'll be further briefings in Sydney today. So this is very important for the government. Uh, it's a very important opportunity to get this right for Christians all over Australia. That is true, Dan, but does there seem to be a bit of a rush because what they're saying is the new Religious Discrimination Act could be brought before the Parliament as early as the 22nd of July, so that's a couple of weeks away. Tracy, um, I, I think uh, this rush will slow down as people uh, realise that there are uh, more details to be hammered out and, um, you know, there needs to be some definition of, you know, what it is to have a religious belief. Um, but I think there's particular concerns for religious bodies um, you know, for example, uh, the wedding photographer, um, uh, the magazine, White Magazine, who refused or did not publish any gay weddings. Mm. Now, uh, that partic- if that was owned by an individual, that individual may be protected. But what if in the normal course of events that uh, business, White Magazine, was um, a company? Uh, would that company have protection? So that sort of detail needs to be hammered out because much... Many of Australians who are in business uh, are incorporated. Uh, They'll need to be protected. You're listening to Australia's Vision Christian Radio and I'm speaking with Dan Flynn from the Australian Christian Lobby. He's the State Director for Victoria. Dan, I read with interest just recently that in Victoria they're still talking about the birth certificate legislation. Statistically, what I saw was that there are around 30 people a year in Victoria that are changing their gender Let's talk through this issue and why it's come back again. Well, it's up again because this was lost by the Labor government in 2016, lost by one vote in the upper house uh, as a result of considerable lobbying by you know, our ACL supporters who wrote to their MPs. Um, and it was lost by one vote. They're very upset about that. The Labor government has brought it back on. Basically, there, there are three approaches, I think, to sex and gender. Number one, biology. Uh, which I think most Christians hold, um, that, that your, your sex is your gender. Um, some would have the view that if, you, if somebody has changed their anatomy in some way, uh, then uh, they may have changed their gender. Uh, but what this government's on about is this extreme position that if you think you're another sex, then you are. So it's basically on, on your belief. And that's what they're seeking to enshrine in this legislation. And so um, uh, 30 people changing uh, gender at the moment must mean 30 people are having some sort of surgical intervention. Um, but what the government is trying to open the door for is if somebody simply decides, a man decides they're a woman, then they, they are and must be protected. And if, if um, we raise so much as an eyebrow against that, then we're somehow transphobic. Um, and that's a, that's a great concern. The Liberal Party in Victoria opposed this last time. Uh, We're reaching out to the Shadow Attorney-General at the moment to ensure that the Liberal opposition maintain that position. 
uh, in the hope that this bill can be defeated. There is a danger here, isn't there, Dan, that with all of these issues that uh, come up and then they get rejected and then they come up again, that there becomes this sort of desensitisation in society and people, because they're seeing these issues played out on the television screen, are seemingly looking at it going, oh, well, it's seemingly inevitable. Why do we need to keep battling against them? What do you say to, to people who are maybe becoming a little bit fatigued about all these issues? I think it's um, when we allow this um, you know, LGBTI uh, steamroller to um, sort of you know, roll through the suburbs uh, and you know, crush belief along the way, it only becomes stronger. Uh, you know, gay marriage, uh, that, that pillar fell. Uh, we're now talking about birth certificates. If, that, um, if we don't put up any resistance at this point, um, on the idea that, a, that an intact male can enter a female change rooms. We don't put up resistance now. The next thing, six months down the track, will be this idea of gay conversion, that a pastor who prays for um, somebody with unwanted uh, sexual desires, um, voluntary sort, uh, is committing a crime. That's where, that's where the bulldozer goes next. So what I say to those people is that, that the earlier the resistance uh, is put up. Uh, in fact, the less the battle is going to be, the less the losses are going to be. So keep writing to the MPs, keep bringing it to their attention, keep voicing opinions on these matters. That's correct, Tracy. Dan, the Australian Christian Lobby, always active in making sure that Christians are aware of what's going on on a state-by-state basis. And in South Australia at the moment, something of concern regarding the decriminalisation of sex work and perhaps bikey gangs stepping in to operate brothels. Yes. Well, this is actually happening. This is a great concern. And um, When I read this in Adelaide that the bikey gangs were preparing uh, for... To open a, a defunct brothel uh, and position themselves to open a new one, um, it didn't surprise me because um, I'm involved in anti-trafficking activity in Victoria. I'm aware that in regional Victoria, the bikey gangs um, uh, operate illegal brothels. Um, so it came to me as no surprise. Uh, but uh, you know, we understand that a, a rebels member from Sydney is establishing a new brothel in uh, Adelaide. Uh, and also um, there's another brothel that's been defunct that's uh, being established as well by another uh, bikey group. Um, so um, the Greens' uh, bill to decriminalise prostitution in every respect, to take up all limits, uh, that there's no offence of living off the earnings of prostitution, um, uh, that means that uh, those who seek to exploit women uh, seek the opportunity to launder cash through uh, brothels, which is an excellent way to do it, um, are given an open slather. Um, and I, I think it really it shows us the consequence of supporting a, a Greens policy like this that's always couched in compassion. But when, it hits, when the rubber hits the road, uh, there are bikey gangs um, you know, policing these brothels, uh, controlling these women and exploiting them for profit. Uh, so it's a stunning development that I think should give MPs in South Australia um, great cause for concern. Uh, they should pause this legislation. This comes on the back of a private member's bill to decriminalise prostitution, doesn't it, in South Australia? Was, that was last month that was passed, wasn't it? Uh, excuse me, Tracy, yes, passed in the upper house and uh, it's got to go before the lower house. 
Uh, so that's where the vote uh, is ahead of us. I think that'll take place in August. And um, uh, it's an interesting battle point. I think getting back to your point about uh, fatigue, there have been 13 attempts to legalise prostitution in um, South Australia in you know not so recent times. So um, this is hard work. Uh, we we um, have a very active state director there, Christopher Bro here in South Australia, who's um, you know marshalling many women who are um, uh, have escaped prostitution uh, and um, campaigning against it. Two MPs. Um, just showing the harms of this, the harms of this on women, that really prostitution is legalised violence against women and it's a matter that all politicians, including progressive politicians, should be very concerned about. And therefore, once again, bringing home the point not to become weary in fighting issues like this. You're absolutely right, Tracy. Um, Tracy, thank you for your time. Um, yeah, all eyes will turn to Canberra for this religious freedom uh, legislation discussion. Uh, this is... Um, you know, I suppose one bookend is the Scott Morrison victory, the other is the Israel Flower case, and hopefully in the centre of that there'll be um, some sensible legislation uh, delivered uh, that will protect um, uh, all faith-based Australians. That's Dan Flynn, the Victorian State Director for the Australian Christian Lobby. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.